it's all yours. Amen. Thank you. You could see, I... Amen. Thank you. Um, as many of you could see, I got a new uh, suit for Christmas, and um, as my brother did as well, I got the second-rate one, I have to be honest. I am a little bit jealous of the suit that Logan got. Actually, I, initially, I was supposed to get that suit. I was supposed to get that suit. One thing was wrong with that suit, and it was the reason why I couldn't have that suit. Didn't come in men's size. So uh, if you take your Bibles and turn with me to Titus, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, it's a nice suit, Logan. Uh, Titus chapter 2. And uh, as Pastor said, um, all that he said, and uh, considering all that he said, it truly is by the grace of God that we all, all of us, that we are what we are. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today, is the grace of God. Uh, Titus chapter 2, if you turn there with me, and verse 11 is where we'll begin our reading. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. I'd ask that you'd stand for the reading of God's word. The Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and, of, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who gave Himself for us that he, might redeem, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Let's pray. Father, we pray that uh, as I preach this message, Lord, I pray that You'd help me to empty uh, myself uh, of myself and that I'd be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, Father, that two things may be accomplished that Christ would be glorified, and that we as Christians would be edified. And Lord, I pray that it be to your glory that this message would be preached. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, <clears throat> the grace of God is uh, probably something that we've sung about so many times. It's in many songs. I think of wonderful grace of Jesus. I think of many others. I think of uh, the many uh, messages that I've heard throughout my life preached upon the grace of God. It is not something, it is a topic, it is a subject you cannot out-preach. It is a uh, song you cannot out-sing. It's something that uh, you just can't get enough of. The grace of God, talking about the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that we have been saved. Uh, it's by the grace of God that we've been sanctified. It's by the grace of God that we've been sent to go proclaim the gospel unto the lost. It is the grace of God. Here in this passage, Paul is writing to Titus. He's writing to Titus to educate. He's writing to Titus to edify. He's writing to Titus to exhort him. And Paul does this by uh, writing to him upon the subject of grace. Grace can educate. Grace can edify. And grace can exhort us, Christian today, when we consider the grace of God. We would, not, uh, we would all be wise to take heed to what Paul has to say concerning the subject of of grace, the subject of grace. Now, with that said, there are three truths I would like to share with you that Paul shares with Timothy concerning the grace of God. Three truths. Uh, real quickly, I must hasten. Levi gave me a time limit. I gotta, I gotta abide by it. All right. So uh, the first, the first truth that I'd have you to see that Paul brings out to Timothy is what the grace or what grace has brought. What grace has brought. Uh, look with me, if you would, at verse 11. What grace has brought? Knowing that 
or excuse me, verse 11 of chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth what? Salvation. The grace of God has brought salvation to the lost. The grace of God has brought salvation to us. The grace of God has brought salvation. It makes me think of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For by grace are ye saved, uh, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that the word grace means something we don't deserve. Us getting something we do not deserve. Many have used the acronym, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, Grace is something we do not deserve. When God saved you, He showed mercy upon you by not sending you to hell, but He gave grace to you by giving you the gift gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It is the grace of God. Uh, I like to say it this way. Uh, the grace of God. Uh, it, well, first of all, it's not by our works. It's not, we're not saved by our works, the Bible says. Uh, the Bible not only says we're not saved by our works, but may I also say we're not saved by our wisdom. We're not saved by our works. That's what we do. We're not saved by our wisdom. That's what we know. We're not saved by our wealth. There's nothing you can pay to save you uh, and take you to heaven. It's, uh, it's not, so we're not saved by our works, what we do. We're not saved by our wisdom, what we know. We're not saved by our wealth, what we have. But we're saved by the grace of God and that alone. It's by the grace of God. It's through faith, by grace, in Christ alone. Amen. It's the grace of God. The grace of God has brought salvation to us. So what has the grace of God brought? Salvation. Uh, now, now, I want you to see this. Not only what has the grace of God brought, but what, what, uh, what, has, or what, the grace of, or what grace has taught. So what grace has brought salvation, what grace has taught. What has grace taught? Well, let's, let's look at it. Let's see what, ten, well, let's see what Paul says. Uh, verse 12, it says this. Teaching us. What is teaching us? The grace of God teaching us that, uh, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. What grace has brought? Salvation. What grace has taught? Separation. The grace of God has taught us separation, to separate from things in this world, things of this world that are displeasing to God. Paul clearly claims that the same grace and the salvation teaches us to deny, to de- to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. In other words, he's saying to separate ourselves from the world. Now, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we all need to be Amish or whatever uh, you may think. But what the Bible truly is saying here is we're to separate ourselves from sin, but also the appearance of sin as well. That's what it's saying. Uh, Look with me, if you would, at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. The grace of God has brought salvation. The grace of God has taught us separation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 says, "And and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And this is why we ought to separate and be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You see, separation is to separate from something to someone. 
It's to get closer to the Almighty. It's not that we might get holy within ourselves, but it's to get closer to the Holy One, Christ Jesus. Our holiness is wrapped within Him. It's in Jesus that we have our righteousness. It's in Jesus that, and Jesus is the one we ought to desire to get close to. If we want to be close to God, we ought to be, want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And may I say, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not you getting more of the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit getting more of you. And in order to do that, you must separate yourself from some things. Can I just ask this question? What has the grace of God recently taught you to separate from? Is it, a, is it an app on your phone? Is it something that, that, has, that has, uh, uh, has caused some trouble within your relationship with God and the grace of God, the goodness of God, the love of God has constrained you to say, this is displeasing to the Lord. I don't have a chapter and verse to say it's sin, but I know it's wrong. What has the grace of God taught you? And I'm not saying if it's taught you to, to uh, I don't know, uh, to get rid of something that you need to go around and tell all the other Christians, you know, this is what you need to do, this is what you know. No, no, no. It's for you. The grace of God is teaching you as an individual. What has the grace of God taught you? Oh, it's brought salvation. We all love to talk about the salvation that the grace of God has brought unto us. But what has the, gra- what has the grace of God taught us to separate from? Teaching us to deny. The word deny means to reject, to rebuke, to uh, disembowel ungodliness. There's a lot of ungodliness out there that Christians are embracing and supporting. But the grace of God hath taught us to separate ourselves from such things, to deny such things. So what has the grace of God brought? Salvation. What has it taught? Separation. May I say this? How does, the, uh, how does grace teach men to separate from worldliness and wickedness? Well, it does so by its goodness. For it is the goodness and love of God that constrains men to separate them, to separate from their evil deeds. Paul said it this way, for the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ constraineth us. If I might illustrate it this way, uh, uh, think within your mind, imagine with me, uh, there's a young man that's dating a, a girl. He really likes this girl. Matter of fact, he loves this girl. He wants to be around her. It's his girlfriend. This girl has uh, an allergy to peanut butter. And so happened the guy actually loves peanut butter. He likes to eat peanut butter. He loves her, right? But all the time he's eating the peanut butter around her. And she can't be around the peanut butter. She can't, she can't smell the aroma. It just, it, it's, it's irritating to her. She, it's within her nature. She cannot be around that peanut butter. And it's humorous for us to think about. But that's exactly how God feels. We say we love Him, but we have these things in our life that are so displeasing to Him, it's revolting to Him. And if we truly love Him, if that guy truly loves that girl, He'll throw out the peanut butter for the girl. Is, not the, is that not the same thing we ought to be willing to do for God? If we truly love Him? It's not because we're under the law, but because we have love within our hearts. Not the law within our head that's telling us to separate, but the love within our hearts telling us to do so. Constraining us to do so. It's the love of Christ. 
What the grace of God hath brought, salvation. What the grace of God hath taught, separation. What the grace of God hath wrought, sanctification. Look with me, if you would, at verse 14. It says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us. That, mean, that word redeem means to purchase, to buy back, to redeem us from all iniquity. And to purify unto himself a peculiar people. That word peculiar, many people have mis, um, misread it or misunderstood it. They, many people think that means strange people. It doesn't mean strange. It means treasured. It means different, but in a good way. God is saying His treasured people, a zealous of good work, of good works. The grace of God hath wrought sanctification. So once, the, so, so follow me, uh, you have the grace of God, it, it, it's, its emergence starts at salvation. That's when the grace of God really just starts pouring down upon you when you get saved. And then as you have the grace of God throughout your Christian life, it begins to teach you to separate yourself from different things that are ungodly, things that are sin, and things that may not be precisely sin, but it's just displeasing to the Lord, or displeasing, or it's causing a stumbling block for your fellow brethren in Christ. And then, when you begin to separate yourself from that something, you begin to get closer to that someone. And within your heart, sanctification. You're being, what's happening is you're coming to a knowing. It's not a, you see, sanctification isn't, isn't a desire, but it's a knowing that you belong to Him. You've been sanctified unto Him. Set apart. The word sanctification means set apart. You've been set apart for His, for his bidding, for His will, for His service. This... The grace of God has wrought sanctification. It has sealed us. It has saved us. It has sanctified us. It has set us apart for the service of the Lord. You know, if you're truly saved and you have the grace of God and you learn to begin to separate yourself from things, there's going to come a point where you're going to say, because of His love, not only do I want to separate from the things He doesn't like, but I want to do the things He does like. I I want to be in church more. I want to sing the hymns. I'm not a good singer, but praise God, I'll sing the songs because it brings glory to His name. I want to sing in the choir. I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I want to help out within the church. I want to get involved. Sanctification, you being set apart for the work and purpose of God. Back in the Old Testament, you'll find that the temple of God had to go through some times of sanctification where they would set it apart. That building was set apart. That tabernacle many times was set apart for God's service, for God's bidding, for God's doing. And you are the temple of God. You ought to be set apart for His service. And it ought to be through the grace of God. The grace of God. What has the grace of God brought? Salvation. What has the grace of God taught? Separation. What has the grace of God wrought? Sanctification. That is the grace of God. Thank God for His grace. Now grow in grace. Let's pray. Father, I pray that, um, Lord, I I pray that the simple truth would um, be conveyed to the people that heard this message as it was to me, Lord, that we would just grow in grace. It's that simple. Just grow in grace. Grow as a Christian through the grace of God. I pray that we would do that, and through that we would grow in our love for you. 
And Father, I pray that many of the members of this church would get more involved. Those that are, Lord, I pray that they would just, they would just have gratitude for the grace of God that has got them involved. And Lord, may we not forget about your grace. May we learn from your grace. May we grow in your grace. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Please bless the message to come. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.